Pastor Chris's podcast. So I don't know if you noticed, but Matthew, Matt and Ashton Webb, Ashton was our children's minister for Joanna was, uh, became our children's minister. She, she served for us for a couple of years before Matt got a job in Huntsville, Alabama. And so they had to leave, and, and we were sorry to see them go. But I saw on Facebook that they announced uh, their first baby, the first child born to their family. Um, when they were here, just a young married couple. I think Ashton was like just 21 or 22 years old. But... Um, they named their child Gabriel, which is a beautiful, sweet, biblical Hebrew name. You remember the angel Gabriel. And you may also remember that last week I told you that whenever you see the letters E-L embedded into a biblical Hebrew name, it usually means that the word God is somewhere in that name. And we find that to be true. In this case, you see E-L. Do you see E-L in Gabriel? Gabriel, which means God is my strength. So what a beautiful name that they have, and we're happy for them. But this summer, we're studying the names of God from the Bible and uh, to learn what God is really like, because so much of the time we focus in on one thing about God, what is he to us, or how we've experienced, and maybe you think of God as being your friend, or maybe you think of God as being a judge. But God is so many things. His, his, his personality is multifaceted and beautiful and infinite and expansive. And so through this series, I want to challenge you to expand your understanding about God. Consider all of the different ways that God has revealed himself to us in Scripture by showing us his names. Most of all, I want to invite you to follow God as the fulfillment of your life's true purpose because God made you on purpose, with a purpose. And if we can find that and live that out, we find so much fulfillment in life. But I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 6 today. Genesis 17, 1 through 6. When Abram was 99 years old, The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And this passage reveals two names of a famous man that three world religions call father because he is revered by Jews and Muslims and Christians. We sing a song about this man uh, in vacation Bible school sometimes. We sang it when I was a kid and we still sing it now because the kids love it so much. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father Abraham. And we go and we do all the dancing and the kids love it. It's a great song. 
And it reminds us of this man that is so important in the story of faith for Christians. You may remember that Abraham started his life not called Abraham, but he was originally his name was Abram. And God called Abram to leave his homeland in Ur of the Chaldeans, which is in modern-day Iraq. And he was to leave Ur, and he was to travel to a new land that God promised to give him. That's why we call it the promised land, would be in the land of Israel. But at the time, Abram, um, he'd never seen this place, didn't know about it. But God said, follow me, and I will take you to this land where you will be a father of many nations. And Abram obeyed and was faithful to God all his life. And Abram lived up to half of his name in this passage by the time we read this passage in the 17th chapter of Genesis. He lived up to half of his name because Abram means exalted father. Now people looked up to Abraham and he was respected everywhere he went as a wise and honorable man. He was exalted. Abram was exalted, but Abram did not have any children of his own and he was 99 years old when God promised to make him the father of countless descendants. So he was exalted, but he was not yet a father. But God gave Abram a new name to remind him of God's promise. God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many. So he went from being exalted father to father of many, at least in name. But now how is it possible for a 99-year-old man to start having children? And some people might be thinking, well, maybe Abram had a really young wife, because I don't know how science and biology works in this, but from what I understand, men, uh, human males, are able to have children well into their uh, advanced years of age. But women get to a certain point and their body changes and they're not able to have babies after a certain point. So maybe Abram had a young wife. But then when you read in the scripture, you find that in Genesis 17, 17, it tells us that Sarah, his wife, was 90 years old. And God is promising Abram, would, Abraham would have a son through his 90-year-old wife, Sarah. And as a father who is 47 years old, <laughs> I don't have the parental energy that I had when I was first having kids in my early 20s. However, I can't imagine being 90. <laughs> Maybe there's some 90-year-olds in our congregation or who are listening to us online who can think about having a child at that age. However, what Abraham and Sarah wanted more than anything was to have a son to carry on their legacy of faith. And God is more than capable to make it happen, even though we don't understand how biologically it could. And so God reveals one of his many names to show how he is perfectly capable of giving Abraham and Sarah a biological child. God says... I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. The Hebrew name is El Shaddai. And there again, you see the letters E-L embedded in the name. 
And you already know L means God. God is not a mortal being who has to live according to human rules of nature and biology. God is not a mortal being. God is immortal. He is God. And the second Hebrew word is Shaddai. This is most often translated as almighty. But one word just doesn't convey the full meaning of this word. Shaddai is sometimes thought of as all-sufficient. If God is almighty, then he is completely sufficient to turn a 99-year-old man and his 90-year-old wife into parents. And he is all-sufficient to give them the energy to raise a child at that age. But the Hebrew word Shaddai has so much more meaning than you can just capture in those two words, almighty and all-sufficient. The Hebrew word Shaddai comes from the root word Shad, which means breast. And we're not talking about chicken breast. The ancient Hebrews had in mind the life-giving, nourishing breast of a mother sustaining an infant. Now, have you ever thought about how helpless is a newborn infant? I mean, they're cute and all, but they can't do anything. They have no teeth. They can't chew their food. They can't even control their hands enough to grab some food and put it in their mouth, nor do their feet work so that they could chase some food down and and get it for themselves. They are totally dependent upon their parents to take care of them and totally dependent upon their mother to nourish them. And understand that in the ancient world, they didn't even have baby formula. And I don't think they had baby bottles with the the nylon nipples. So there was really no way to feed an infant except for the mother's breast. Without that, the infant would starve to death. But with her breast, the mother is capable of nursing the child with everything it needs to grow healthy and strong. And this also is an image of God that he gave about who he is. He said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, God All-Sufficient. When you are absolutely helpless, I have everything you need to nourish yourself. And then we see Jesus. When Jesus came in the New Testament as the perfect embodiment of the divine God on earth. Jesus talked about himself, and he used imagery that, if you think about it, it echoes what God said about himself when he told his name to Abraham. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not be hungry again. John chapter 6. And then he said he was the water of life. And he once told a woman at the well, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. John chapter 4. God is El Shaddai, all-sufficient, almighty. 
I've ex personally experienced the almighty, all-sufficient power of God throughout my life. And I don't have time, and you don't have time to listen to me list all of the different ways that God has provided a way for me where there was no way. So I'll just name one. When I was a young man in my 20s, and uh, a first-time dad, Gavin was a child still, and I was working my first full-time job after having graduated from college. And I was finally earning an income that was sufficient to begin to support my family, which up to that point had just been barely been scraping by with really not enough. And it was at that point that I knew for sure that God was calling me into the ministry. And I was being called to leave behind that career that could support my family to go into a ministry of unknowns. But I did know one thing. I knew the first step would be that I'd have to go back to school, go back to seminary, because a United Methodist pastor has to have a, a master's degree in order to really uh, go through the system and become fully connected. And so I got picked up the phone in my office there in the mill where I worked, and I called Emory University, because that's the seminary that most United Methodists in this area go to, or at least they did when I was, was uh, answering the call in 1999. And I asked, I said, how much does it cost to get a master's in divinity degree? And she said, well, uh, $17,000. And I said, you mean $17,000 um, for the degree? And, and she said, no, that's per semester. And, and as soon as I picked my jaw up off of the ground, I realized that my entire undergraduate degree to get a four-year bachelor's degree probably cost about $17,000. And we're talking about doing that every semester now and, and six semesters minimum. And I remember hanging up the phone and praying to God. And I just said, Lord... There's no way that I can afford that. I mean, there's no way I could afford that if I kept my full-time job, let alone if I quit my full-time job to go into ministry. So if that's what you want me to do, then you're going to have to find a way. <laughs> because I know that if that's what you want me to do, you can make a way, but there's no way for me to do it. And so... I quit my job and went back to seminary. And here's the thing. I've got student loan debt. <laughs> I'm still paying on student loan debt. In my, I'm 47 years old. But it's all from my undergraduate degree. It's not any of it really from my seminary degree. Because God provided through scholarships and through people who offered financial assistance and through churches that offered financial assistance so that I was able to go through seminary and get that degree without racking up debt because God provided a way for me. All the while taking care of Gavin and my daughter Grace was born in that time as well. And now we have the three well, all of that, my financial situation, all that may not mean a hill of beans in your life and your situation. Because I know, having been a pastor now for 20 years, I know and have heard people's stories 
about how difficult things can be and how overwhelming they can be and how there just is no way forward in your situation in your life. I've heard about um, people who are trying to take care of children. And my children, you know, God blessed me. People tell me all the time, you got such great children, such wonderful children. And I say, it's not because of me. <laughs> God just gave me good children because he knew I couldn't handle some of the more difficult ones that I that I've seen but some people have some really challenging situations of kids some people have kids that 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 are never going to ever be a bit independent in their whole life they're going to be taking care of them into their adult years and and that's just I understand that I can't even imagine I wouldn't know what in the world to do in that situation some of you may be going through a situation where you're trying to take care of a spouse that's sick or that that has had some kind of like, you know, situation where they, they can no longer take care of themselves and now the spouse is having to do it. Or others may be facing a situation where you're struggling with cancer or some other difficult illness. Others might have lost someone that was their best friend and the grief and the pain and the loss that's involved in that I can't even imagine or you're caring for aging parents, or you're facing fear and anxiety, or the need for forgiveness, or you're dealing with shame, whatever it is, God is El Shaddai. He is almighty. He is all-sufficient. He can look a 99-year-old childless man in the eye and say, I'm changing your name to father of many because I'm promising to give you a biological son and so many descendants, you won't even be able to count them. And he's not just words. He has the power to back it up and to fulfill it. That's what God did for Abraham. And that's what God can do for you no matter what difficulty you are facing. He is sufficient Even if you feel as weak and as helpless as an infant, God is sufficient for you and all your needs. He is the source of life. He can provide everything you could ever want or need, so much so that you could even leave behind everything you have ever known and follow him and not feel like you lack anything anything at all, so long as you are following his will for your life. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. If you want to experience the almighty, all-sufficient power of God in your life. You can't keep following your own selfish path. You see, Abraham, in order to experience the all-sufficient, all-powerful power of God, he had to do what God said. And what is it that God told Abraham? He said, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to a land that I will show you. And Abraham had the faith to listen and obey and to follow God's plan. 
And we are still talking about Abraham 4,000 years later. Three world religions, nearly four billion living people, people that are alive right now. That's not even counting the people that have believed and called Abraham father over the past 4,000 years. Four billion people today call him father. I think God was true to his promise. The key is to put your faith in God through Jesus Christ. You have to leave behind your own self-centered, self-seeking, self-interested plans and follow God's plan for your life. You will never regret it if you do. But you will regret it for eternity if you don't.